0: Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Bleave and Overwatch League podcast on the Bleeve Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe and OWL and Believe.com.
1: This week, we cover the second week of Summer Showdown qualifiers, the League's tutorial video, and the new changes coming to the contender scene.
0: hello hello everybody welcome to the believe in overwatch league podcast week 20 gameplay section hope you've had some great games this week hope you've enjoyed some some good old play time how have you been kevin how's your gaming going? uh i i've been i've been doing
1: okay i've been uh playing a lot of switch games recently uh might be moving over to the ps4 uh in a, in a little bit i have a lot of uh games on the backlog that i really need to tackle and uh since i got the stream room the uh Glassbox box up and running now i'm i've been playing half of my day in there and then half of my day back at my pc setup so uh it's quite fun uh just hopping between these two and trying to trying to build the community a little bit uh how about you so tsushima is coming out next month right yeah ghost of tsushima i i believe is uh july 17th um i'll check that real quick the one that i wanted to get yeah it's july 17th of this year um i was looking at potentially playing man eater even though it got really terrible reviews Uh, oh
0: that one
1: like yeah you know sometimes you just want to be a like you want to play gta but you don't want to be a human you want to be a shark um and just like you know eat people off of boats uh crash frat parties you know just regular shark things
0: (laughs) just mutate your shark to
1: ungodly levels yeah like one of my friends was saying like oh yeah the the only thing i did was like upgrade my my shark to be able to get on land and survive longer um and i'm like why would you do that and he's like oh yeah so you could like crash parties and eat drunk people and i'm like <laughs> oh <laughs> i did it like you can kind of hop out of the water for a little bit but there's like an a certain amount of gauge that you can stay alive mm-hmm. for so they're just like oh yeah if you if you upgrade that you can uh you can just grab people when they get too close and i'm like that
0: uh that sounds interesting <laughs> so the the streaming laptop's working great ever not laptop computer is working great uh yeah it had it was finicky
1: earlier in my sessions just because it wasn't like hooking onto the wi-fi and staying on the wi-fi um but i swapped out a card and it made it better so um now now it works perfectly fine i'm streaming uh streaming just games in there um and yeah it's it's just a nice setup how was the uh the valorant stuff this weekend um valorant this weekend was pretty good not gonna lie there's a lot of really good um really good matches honestly uh, there was we had one between i got the cast i think it was i got to do one it was san jose uh the san jose civil war between san jose state yellow and blue um and i was like oh yeah i guess that's a that's a pretty cool match um we only got to do that one but um i saw door and boobasaurus shout out to them those guys both come from uh overwatch contenders by the way um they're they're moving over with me um they're cool guys 100 percent um know know how to cast um and you know just really high level play if you guys want to hear them cast uh make sure to tune in for semi-finals because i believe that they have all the semifinal games um to themselves which is really cool um but yeah when it came to um the valorant this weekend there was you know i think they covered uci versus houston which was a really good match and then the university of san francisco versus uh the university of las vegas nevada um, those games were just really good, like head to head, great games. So I'm excited to see these teams. Like we've seen them from the beginning and how how much they've grown. Um, and yeah, if anything, this is just a really bright look for the collegiate scene for for a lot of schools. Um, and this is honestly this is the way how you get your school to recognize your your esports program. You get them into tournaments and you say like hey we finished top we finished top three we finished you know we were in the semifinals we finished top top four top eight at you know x y or z tournament um and then the school's like oh well if we do that often maybe we can get you know sponsors to help us out with a pc lab and x y and z um that's how that's how honestly art you started because we did overwatch we did a lot of Overwatch gameplay. Um, our team qualified to play with the San Francisco shock in like a, in a scrub match, kind of like a, like a scrim, um, against them. So it's just things like that, that really bring people together, um, and got the Academy of art, at least to invest a little bit into a computer lab. Um, hooray investment. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun and we're talking right now. Um, obviously COVID-19 has shut down a lot of this. Um, but, you know having a physical gaming space once we get back is going to be i feel like it's going to be a must for a lot of these schools just because you know we you can't train like you can't do basketball training during covid because you know you're literally in contact with people all the time um the one sport the one competitive thing that you can do without being physical is esports so um if you're doing really well, especially now you start getting the attention of your school, maybe they'll start building stuff for you. Um, once you get back, you know, um, that's what we're ta- That's what we're doing right now with art. U. there's a couple of investors who are really discussing with our head um, to make a full on like PC lounge area um, and really like team construction rooms. But the main purpose of it is when we have teams who are ready to play um, like in tournament settings, we could invite them over and actually get, you know, certain things up and running.
0: That's really exciting.
1: Yeah, and I hope that this, honestly, this tournament, if anything, is going to bring a spotlight to a lot of the schools who need help um, bringing that esports scene to their school. Um, Shout out. Honestly, the big one is like University of San Francisco. Like they have a very good esports program um their club is very open they're really cool uh letting in new members and just talking with people um but they don't really have a PC lab for them to all go to um where they train they they train in their own house and then they they go out to dinner uh on occasion they go to Kevin's doodle house after a long day of scrims and they just call it they're just like okay yeah let's all just meet up here afterwards and that's about it but there's no like real place for them to be like all together doing vod reviews doing x y and z um but yeah they they really deserve
0: it yeah i can see how that's like for, for a team that's really trying to push that's a that's a big thing that they need that communal place where they can all meet together and do stuff together all right so let's get into the the matches for this week um, so week 20 this is the last week of the hero pools for the summer showdown tournament so the next two weeks are going to be um, no hero bands um, and it's, that's the last week of qualifiers and the week of the tournament so last next week is last qualifying week based on how these teams perform with the four matches that they do play they're going to be seated and we'll see where it goes from there um, so this week on day one, we had the dynasty versus the charge. The charge won that three to two. Um, Spitfires v Hunters, Spitfires took that three oh. Spark The NYXL was a three to two for the Spark. Shock versus the Eternal was a three oh. The rain versus the Defiant was a three oh in favor of the rain. Glads versus Outlaws was a one to three in favor of the Outlaws. And the fuel for Titans was an O to three in favor of the Titans. Um, so I know you were busy Kevin this weekend. did you get to see anything or see, watch any highlights? uh I watched
1: the highlights for day two um the okay. the shock game uh and then I watched a little bit of the the dynasty versus the charge and the spark versus the n y x l just because there were kinda there were close matches, so I just kind of looked over the uh yeah just a little bit of the highlights.
0: I didn't get to watch the spark versus n y x l so you can talk more about that but i did see okay. dynasty versus charge the glads versus the outlaws and the fuel versus titans for day 1 and i think day 2 i watched the valiant versus the mayhem um so anyway uh dynasty versus charge was a f- 2 to 3 in favor of the charge but it was really close it was it went to map 5 uh wasn't it round 3 or was it round 2 on map 5 uh for Sol Rex yeah, Charger. To, right? It went to Yeah, it went to uh part three of map five. So like this was really down to the wire. Um for me a lot of this match was really dictated by that um tracer and widow play and just who was able to do better. Um in the end I think that Happy really like he got player of the match, but Happy really was dictating um how the flow of the match really went. And I guess both sides, their widows really were the key dictators. Um, and then the Tracers were there to really harass the backline, Like Eileen and Prophet on Tracer, their Tracer battles were so big. Um, I think a lot of this entire weekend was really based upon who could play the Tracer better. It's just that I think some of the time it was left to Prophet to really carry his team. And he really couldn't do that on his own when he's facing up against uh, Eileen and Happy um so like seoul did lose here but it wasn't a bad loss you know
1: yeah it's it it's an l in the books but if anything it just shows how competitive they are um and how close these teams actually go uh against each other so i wouldn't discount any of these teams just because you know anything could happen and they're
0: really just fighting fighting for everything out here okay so what did you think of the NYXL match against the, uh, the spark?
1: Yeah. Um, this was uh how can I describe it? It's another one of those situations where you watch the New York Excelsior on the first like three maps and you're like, Oh yeah, they're good. And then they, they do the thing where, uh, you know, they, they do in playoffs where they just like choke it. Um, yeah. I'm just, <laughs> so like the first map, they went to Busan 2-0 quick, efficient done um then they lost on uh they lost on gibraltar one to zero just because like the spark played very good defense like to get to prevent it from even happening but both the teams were really close there um then uh when it came to king's row it went three to two um new york had that and so we're like okay yeah they're rolling with momentum they go to Anubis, and it's a draw. So all the momentum that they had just completely shut off there. And then and then uh, the Spark just decided, you know what? It's time to win. And then they just <laughs> won the last two maps. They're like, you know what? If it goes past map four, we're going to figure it out. So they did. Uh, map five and six were both uh, capture point maps. It was Ilios and Oasis. And they won 2-0 two, uh, two on uh, Ilios and 2-1 on Oasis. So... It was more like they kind of figured them out, stopped their momentum early, and then like just finished it off there. It's if anything, like the NYXL did a really good job of like starting out. They just couldn't close it out, um, mm-hmm. which the Spark are just more consistent in that factor where they they kind of play the same way every single time. But because of that, they always
0: perform at the same level so what do you think about the nyxl causes them to choke so often like i I think of the the dynasty as the coin flip team where it's like hey heads or tails are we gonna perform well today or not whereas the nyxl will be like yeah we're rocking but we just can't finish
1: i just feel like they they do a very good job at winning early and then they let their foot off the gas just a little Mm -hmm. bit and because of that they can't finish it um or they'll they'll play to like a certain point, and then they'll realize, wait, we're we're actually not doing well. Uh, I, I guess the best way to describe it is like Jr. Smith during the finals. Uh, I thought we were ahead, but you're not. Um, it, it was tied. You gotta you gotta just you know finish the game sometimes, and that that's just the way to go.
0: It's kind of sad. I really do like the NYXL roster. It's just I I want them to to not have to rely on like hero plays so much or or quick wins they need to learn how to last a little bit longer in these fights so moving on to the gladiators versus the outlaws um the gladiators just signed kevster as dps from that contenders team doge um doge had i think two players come up this week i'll talk about the uh the next player they had come up in the uh the next matchup but apparently the reason they signed Doge is because he allows their DPS line to have a little bit more flexibility. Um, I believe they said he can play pretty much anything that they really need him to, so they're they're hoping that that's gonna give them the edge. Um, he started with Bird ring, but he's playing from Sweden. So there's gonna be a, there was a little bit of a ping issue there. On the side of the outlaws, hydration is still in for Muma. Muma is allegedly suffering from wrist issues, which is why they're benching him. I really think they should just keep benching him until he can um I guess return to form uh like he used to play back in seasons one and two of the overwatch league he's not I don't think he's so hot right now um and I think that they have be, they've been winning more with Muma off of the main tank yeah this was a three and one um in all honesty it was just the Lynxer and Dante show um. Langsir was just doing amazingly on his widow and his, uh, his ash. And then Dante was just had these absolute hero plays on his tracer. Like if you look at Rialto, there is that there's that point on when the outlaws are pushing towards point B Um, they've already made it to point a, and there's that last little curve and they're running really low on time. Um, The gladiators have been able to more, more or less push them and force a retreat but in comes Dante and gets like a five kill on his own. And then his team just like, Oh wait, Dante did our work for us. Let's just push and cap it. Um, I think that that really was the tale of, of this match is that yes. Yes. There's a little bit of um, a bit of a fight in the gladiators, but they're just not able to keep up with the, uh, the pace and everything that Dante and links are putting in. Um, the one map that the Gladiators did win was on King's Row. That was a really fun map to watch just because both teams are pulling out these really weird, really creative strats. Um, the Outlaws did this thing that I'd never seen before where they boosted up the Symmetra through the Maywall and then she put her teleporter down and the Maywall came down so that there's like no way for the Gladiators to destroy either teleporter and she still gets like that, um, that increased sightline of being up higher on a high ground essentially um but i think in the end what won the gladiators this map was that they were just actually more creative they were playing weird strats they were rotating around in ways that the outlaws weren't prepared for them to do they were doing some crazy flanking that i guess the outlaws were expecting them just to play straight hard and fast like they've been doing for the rest of the map or the rest of the match but they didn't do that here and just the outlaws weren't able to, to keep up with it. My only question is like, why didn't the gladiators keep this up throughout the entirety of this matchup? Um. But yeah, that's, that's that round for me. I think this has been the outlaws first win in a while. So I hope that this is going to be like just a, a good momentum change for them. I hope that they're able to start being a lot more aggressive and showing more creativity like that made Symmetra play um and I think in general here like it was a really good all around for all of their both teams like I think the outlaws just really outplayed the gladiators here but that wasn't because the gladiators were really doing anything wrong much like I don't think there was any really weak point on the outlaws this time
1: yeah uh I do. Okay, first of all, I want to say congrats to Kevster. You know, Team Doge did really good in North American contenders. So, um, I kind of expect a lot of their players to get picked up during this offseason. Um, there's a reason why Doge is being disbanded. It's because like a lot of their good teammates are getting picked up for the league. So, congrats to them um, for actually making it here. Um, and yeah, honestly, the uh, this game, if anything, it just it's the beginning of like a new gladiators in a way um but the outlaws are just consistent i like the way how they play it here um once again dante and links are just able to lock it down and do exactly what they need to do every single game um and yeah i feel like you know that dps pair should just keep running it through here
0: yeah the outlaws for me they're a team that is interesting to watch because they do have their sparks of greatness like like Linkser and Dante here, we just running rampant all over them. But the problem is, is that they'll have periods where they're like the hot team where they're like, oh, are they going to make a comeback here? They'll get a little bit farther and then they'll go back into a huge losing streak. Um, I would really like to see them solidify what their play style is and what their strengths are and use them to, to really get more consistent with their wins, not just their play styles. The last match that I saw for day one was the Fuel v Titans, and I would just like to say, just after watching Sideshow without his hair, it's really—he uh, looks like Megamind. I don't know if you've seen Megamind, the DreamWorks picture with, uh, yeah, Will Ferrell. He looks like Megamind, except just not, <laughs> and without the facial hair. Yeah, should probably get that fixed. <laughs> Do we know why he shaved his head?
1: Uh, I I uh, I actually don't know. I it may have been a stream thing, probably. If that makes sense, streamers are always doing stuff. Uh, I mean, to an extent, like <laughs> if you if you I mean if you get a if you get a five hundred dollar donation, you you can go
0: bald too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your hair <laughs> will grow back. Um. Anyway, so Dallas Fuel have been on a losing streak. They had a little bit of life to them in the May Melee, but I they still lost. Um, a lot of people were, like myself, were hopeful that maybe like, okay, they're they're starting to pick some stuff up, starting to get momentum. Maybe this is a new beginning for the Dallas Fuel. Fortunately, it doesn't look like that. Um, they swapped in Onigod off DK, who they picked up Onigod off of Team Doge also. He's also playing from Norway, so he's also got that high ping there. During Watchpoint, the uh, desk team said that the reason why they're playing Doge, not Doge, why they're playing Onigod right now is they're they're trying to use him as the future of this team. They're restructuring based around um, the team and what playstyle they want to do. Um, God can play the Tracer. He can play Hitscan. He can play Projectile Heroes. So they're hoping to use that flexibility to their advantage. Um, and according to them, they're sidelining Decay um, so that they can get Oni to play. Uh, but again, there are the rumors that Decay has been benched because he benched himself so that he can play um valorant as much as possible um i don't know whether that's true i've heard that it's been debunked i've heard that it was from a different coach that said he was um sidelining himself that none of this is true again it it, the rumor mill in the esports world is is very very intense (laughs) to say the least and on the uh, the titans side like the titans they're they're still that brand new team to the overwatch league um they've been slowly getting better they've they, they added um shockwave to their lineup and since they added him in he's increased their team fight win rate to 21.2% um so i I think they just need more time to gel and they'll become a much better team because watching this round, I mean, admittedly, they were going up against the Dallas Fuel, but watching Dalton and Shockwave play was, they they were significantly better than they've been playing in the past couple weeks. And also watching um, their tank line with um, Shredlock and who's their other tank? But watching their tank line did get significantly better than um than they have been um i don't know i think for uh, definitely for this round it was that dps play with dalton playing the tracer he was a huge huge distraction on their back line um they took this one oh and three which as their first win is i think that must be a great feeling for them they've got their first win and they did it in a sweep I just I think that the Titans really need just more time to mesh. Um, listening to the interview with Rolf at the end of the match, he said that the team is less nervous now, now that they've had more time together. They're starting to get used to playing on that Overwatch League Tier 1 scene, which we talked about last week. There, you mentioned, Kevin, that there is um, a difference in energy, attitude, and just overall feeling about playing when you're playing in between those two different scenes. Um Yeah, he also said personally that Contenders was difficult for him to play, that he'd been playing there for so long and he expected to be pulled up to the league a lot sooner. Um, And now that the team is getting more comfortable, they're getting better at being more vocal with each other. They're working on keeping their confidence up. And I mean, if this is how they're going to start playing now that they're more confident, I would really like to see how well they do in the future. Because I mean, this this would be like the proving ground for contenders because i'm pretty sure all of these players came from the contender scene
1: yeah it is the best way to really showcase the talents that they have especially if they're climbing their way through this would be a big uh proving ground for them
0: so moving on to day two i you watched more of this than i did kevin i only watched the valiant versus the mayhem match so i mean did you want to talk about the highlights you watched Uh, i only watched the the justice versus the shock um Okay. It was
1: just a pretty straightforward match. Um it was a 3-0. Um but yeah, if anything, that match was determined by uh the duel in the sky for the most part. Um I was watching I was watching the highlights from it and it was just Rascal in the sky like eighty percent of the time on on Farah. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't Echo um in this match. It was pretty all um yeah it was Tatuba versus rascal in the sky and it was just really interesting to see both of them go head to head in in that cat in that like favor um that was on the earlier map on um I, i believe it was nepal it was just really solid uh gameplay coming out from them uh map two was junkertown they really pushed through them and they uh, the shock played a really good defense, and so they didn't really have to push it that far when they had to do the last one and uh once again you know shock playing super good defense on a uh, on blizzard world they were just able to cap that really quick so it's pretty straightforward it was a really short match but like honestly um Washington had moments of light when they were playing the fara um and really dominating the sky so I feel like if you know, if it was Echo and the Pharah, uh, Rascal would definitely be in a lot harder uh, position, but one of the things that I really want to point out, uh, once again, like, leaving Twilight and or Violet alone uh, on the Baptiste is scary. Uh, He acts as a third DPS for the team, Um, and I think that's the way how you have to look at uh, you, you have to look at Baptiste as a as a means of dealing damage, but also being a healer when necessary. Um, but the main point of it, I is think he's one of the, for me watching, he's
0: pretty much one of the fastest alts that you can build up in this game.
1: Yeah. And that's because you have heal and damage at the same time. You have that option to really just pick people off. Um, if you play it correctly, you really do just win a fight straight up.
0: So I realized I forgot to say what the scores for day two were. Um, it was charge versus the spark. The charge won that three to two. The Hunters went against the Dragons, and the Dragons took that 3-2. The NYXL versus the Spitfire was a 3-1. The Uprising versus the Fusion was the Fusion took that 3-0. Um, the Valiant versus the Mayhem, which I'm about to talk about, was a 3-1. And like you said, the Justice versus the Shock was a 3-0. Um, so for the Valiant versus the Mayhem, uh, there was a little bit of a an info blurb. Following their May Melee success, the uh, Mayhem no longer have the lowest franchise win percentage in OWL history. So um, I wonder who it is now. Do you think it, is it the Fuel? Would it be the Fuel? Maybe. I feel like it's probably going to be the Fuel. Um, but congratulations to Florida for that. They really surprised us all during the May Melee. Um, they did lose against the Mayhem 3-1. to one, But the thing is, like, it wasn't it wasn't bad like they they lost this but they pushed as hard as they really could like it was Mm -hmm. it was close on a lot of these maps like um lijong they went to to round uh no they went to round two they did go two rounds on lijong so that was a bit more of a stomp the valiant did look strong starting um they were playing riskier they were be more aggressive, and so maybe that was a wake up call for the Florida mayhem. But the other two maps, like they went to round, to attack two on both sides. Like both sides had to uh, do those rounds twice. I think the funniest thing that happened was uh, Sideshow accidentally called the Tracer Ash comp pairing as the Trash comp, <laughs> which, um, I mean it works. Yeah, it um, works. It's a fun one. I, I'm going to use that from now on. He also said squeaky bum time at some point during this weekend which I thought was funny now that we know the the origin of squeaky bum time. Um yep. but in general, I think I think both sides really went their all on this. The Valiant I think um they've consistently had more success than the Florida Mayhem and I just think that showed here that they're they're a more well-practiced team. They have more experience playing at higher levels than the florida mayhem do um but both teams did show a lot of synergy i couldn't really point to anyone who is or anything that they did that was really at fault here like both teams were like fairly strong i think it was this matchup that um sideshow and ren were saying like this was a um this was a finals caliber match yeah if anything it's just because that the Valiant outplayed the Florida mayhem in the end.
1: Mm -hmm. Once again, it's comes down to those unpredictable natures of competitive gaming in general. Um, Like you don't go, you may go into a game or like into a traditional sports game thinking, Oh yeah. X team is going to win because they have better players um, or whatever. But sometimes like out of nowhere, you know, a team just shows signs of life and, it just gets really competitive and it's just interesting to watch.
0: Yeah. I mean like after the Florida mayhems win, not win, but like their performance during the May melee, would you have expected the Valiant who are like an inconsistent middling tier team to, to pull this off with a three to one? Uh, Not one bit. You, I thought, you know, the
1: Florida mayhem would have locked that down, especially how well they've been playing, uh, in the playoffs and then just to see them, you know, not quite performing to their best tiers. Interesting.
0: I know there's a lot of storylines in the Overwatch League and a lot of them are, are rivalries and grudge matches, but a point that was brought up was that, um, a lot of the players that are now on the Valiant used to be on the Florida mayhem until the Florida mayhem retooled their entire team to be a Korean roster. So, they the way that they were framing it was this it was a kind of a revenge match against Florida for a lot of the LA players. Like, do you think that really has anything to do with it at all? Or like do you think players are really are thinking about those kind of rivalries or, or maybe any potential bitterness of being let go when they're playing against their old teams?
1: Uh I don't I don't think there's bitterness or like rivalry there. I think it's more like they they just showed up like today like they they showed up on that match um if it was like done dirty in a way where it was like like a trade that had like x y or z in it um and then just like proving to the other team like hey we can we can fight with you at the same time you know that that becomes like a storyline where like you have old teammates um who like to like anybody from like the vancouver titans now if they face off against each other that's like that's a little bit of a storyline it's like yo know, we used to play together now we have to play against each other um i feel like if Jae Hong and uh, toby ever faced off again that would be another big one to talk about um because toby stayed loyal to uh you know this whole dynasty and stayed on the team but uh Jehong wanted to move forward with a with another squad um and you know now now see where he's at that's uh it's kind of the uh big oof there but if Hong climbs his way back up there's that whole aspect of it um you know just interesting storylines to see
0: mhm something that i've noticed like just in general with the overwatch league teams is that a lot of the time the lower tier teams their their defense is a lot stronger than their attack Mhm. Do you, can you think of any like do you find that this is true or and if so or if not so like what possible reason do you think there could be behind it?
1: Uh I do think it's easier to defend for the most part than attack because there it's just a rule that we have at least for our teams and like the way how we play it's when you're on attack you have to initiate you have to be the one to start the fight. Um which means that it's not 100% certain or guaranteed. Um, compared to on defense, you get to react you get to play reactively, which is honestly a lot easier to, to play it, instead of just having to worry about X, Y and Z. So for example, if you're on offense and you're running at them, you have like uh, gravitic flux uh, and you know Arissa and you want to combo that all together, right? Um, Mm -hmm. you, you do the pull, you do the, you do the Gravitic Flux in the air. Uh, but the other team has like a Baptiste or even a Lucio, right? What is the play? The play is like the second that they know that Gravitic Flux is going to happen and that you're going to get lifted. They know that they're going to throw immortality on the ground. Like, you know exactly what the play is and you can save it until it happens. Like if a Graviton surge comes out, you save your, You save your transcendence or you save your beat drop for that moment because you know how to play into it Um, versus like being on offense. You have to be the one to say, you know what, right now um, I can't use, or I could use it reactively where if your entire team gets grabbed, you get to use it. But at the same time, you have to think of it as, you know what, maybe we can win this fight. Maybe I have to beat drop to keep our team alive. Like, is that how we're going to play this? um it's just a lot to think about
0: the way i i've really looked at attacking and defending is that for for the defense like you're able to put i guess position better so you do have that advantage mm-hmm. um you're able to kind of a lot of the time dictate depending on how well you play dictate the way the pace of the fight the positioning and everything forcing the attackers to react to you mm-hmm. but also like you have to be perfect for most of your fights if you really want to do well whereas the attackers like yeah, you could keep failing over and over and over again, but once you get that one good fight, like that might be all it needs. That might be all you need to like push from point A to the very end of point C. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, you have map position
1: uh to your advantage. The only way to for the attackers to really play around it is if they do something that the other team wasn't expecting already. Um for example, like if you're on horizon and a lot of teams play, you know, on that high ground, um, usually to the right, when you're approaching the point from, from attacker side, most of the time they're like, Oh yeah, they're going to go up the stairs. Um, they're going to go up the stairs to fight us, or they're going to go, uh, to the left and all the way around. Maybe they'll go out to space. Right. Um, what my team will do is that we'll hide in that corner. We'll hide in the quick corner real quick. And then we'll speed boost underneath them. Uh, <laughs> And then contest the point that way, because if they have to get out, they have to get off high ground at that point to contest us on point. But it also, you know, forces repositionings to happen uh when they don't want it. So it's just things to think about. Any other gameplay
0: stuff we want to talk
1: about? Uh, n- not really. I just hope that you know everybody's having fun with their comp games. Um play play as much as you can uh get your teams together you know now is the time to do it um if you guys really want to organize like games and tournaments just talk to people who will be interested in playing like that's honestly the best way to to keep it going you know
0: join like a minor league like i've i've joined one um there's a thousand other ones out there just like look around find one like there's there's different discords there's different servers there's different groups on like social media that you can also find. I mean that's that's how I started like really enjoying playing again because like I'm not just dropping whenever I'm put in with randoms. My SR is like actually kind of stable right now.
1: It is one of those things where you wanna get your team, you want to become a better player. Just make a team, join a couple tournaments. You know you're gonna only gonna learn from there.
0: For sure. Well thanks guys for tuning in with us this week. We'll be back at you next week with the last um the last week of the qualifiers for the summer showdown this is going to be the first week where the teams are going to be able to um have full reign of the hero pool so we're going to see echo back we'll see diva back we'll probably see some break back i forget who the last was it sombra was the other one who was banned this these last two weeks uh i i think so Yeah. yeah but anyway um we'll be seeing that next week and we'll be back at you with all of our coverage thanks guys and see you next week
1: Next week, we watch the third week of Summer Showdown matches and any news that comes from the league.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. on YouTube.